This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. Brokenness is something no one likes. Even the thought of having a broken heart brings thoughts of sadness and desperation. Well, today, Pastor Ryan Bibb and Pastor Josh Harriman will talk a little bit more about what it means to pray for brokenness in our lives and what God can do with a broken person. Now, here's Pastor Josh and Pastor Ryan with Radiant Reflections. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Radiant Reflections. This is episode 26, if you're counting. Uh, my name is Josh Harma, one of your hosts, joined once again by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. Greetings. How goes it on this morning? Good. Pastor Ryan Bibb. Doing well today. All right. So uh, if you're watching the video, right before we started filming, Ryan was talking about how distracting it is, because we're, we're in our lobby here at Radiant Life, and in front of us is a giant wall of glass. It's it's gorgeous, but we can see all of the traffic going by, which is maybe a little bit distracting. I don't know. Yeah, so. if, I, I told him I feel a little ADD sitting in this position because I look at every car that goes by. What's the coolest car that's gone by so far? Um, I don't know. Actually, t- this morning we haven't had much traffic. The FedEx truck just. Went I like past. FedEx because they deliver me packages. Yeah, although not as much. I mean, most stuff we, I get is from UPS or now Amazon, just their straight-up delivery stuff. It's true. Anyways. Well, hey, we are in our series, Dangerous Prayers. Uh, and yesterday, Sunday, we had our second episode in this series uh, where Pastor Ryan digs into this prayer, Lord, break my heart. And again, this the, the, the Ryan, for those that are maybe they're not quite up to date on what we're doing, give us a, just a quick breakdown what's the general premise behind this series again for those so, that are this is their first yeah. interaction with us yeah this whole idea of dangerous prayers is that um you know i think for a lot of us in christianity and just our faith in general we may we may play pray and play our faith safe um we like those feel good easy prayers right lord bless me keep me safe help me have a good day today which is all Good prayers. We're not, I'm not saying don't pray. Those, those are good prayers. Um, but if you really look at it, it's me-centric, and it's very safe. And uh, God, Jesus did not die on the cross for us to have a safe life. He called us to a very dangerous calling in life. And it is not a play it safe, follow Jesus, everything is roses and unicorns and rainbows and a pot of gold at the end there. Um, it's a dangerous calling when, when you decide to follow Jesus. And so this whole series is, hey, let's pray some dangerous prayers that we see in God's word, the Bible, that what we would say, maybe some of our heroes of our faith in the Bible actually prayed because they prayed gutsy, they prayed fiery, they prayed real deep, oh my goodness, prayers. And we want to get there. We want God to really shake us and mold us into his image more, and also help us to be on mission for him in this world, building his kingdom here. So now it's interesting, before we actually dig into this prayer, uh, we, we had a conversation uh, earlier today with one of the other staff members here at Radiant Life, and, and we were kind of we we're half joking, but kind of kicking around like, oh, well, no, this is, in this series, this is the most dangerous prayer. No, this is the most dangerous prayer. And, and you actually <clears throat> would say that, like, on this one, you, you feel like this is one of the most dangerous prayers. Why do you feel like, uh, God, break my heart? is one of the most dangerous prayers in this series. 
So I, I, my, my personal opinion is this is the most dangerous <laughs> prayer, but we all view dangerous differently, right? I think this is the most. Here's why. Do you really want to be heartbroken? Do you really want to have grief that's unbearable? Do you really want to lose sleep over something? Do you really want to burn with righteous anger? Do you really want to do things others don't understand and aren't doing? Do you really want to face resistance? Do you really want to face opposition? Do you really want to grieve when you go to sleep at night? I don't. If I'm fully honest, I don't. I want it trouble-free. I want easy I don't think this prayer is an easy prayer. I think it's the most dangerous one. This one will hurt. uh, I mean, yeah, heartbreak is not something that we normally talk about in in positive terms. I mean, nobody really, like, sets out for that other than maybe, like, country music singers. (laughs) You know, they they make a lot of money on heartbreak, I think, uh, whether it's real or contrived. Heartbreak, Uh, achy, breaky hearts. There you go. I don't know it's how like that song. One, I don't know how that song. song I know. Like, oh my goodness, that song never should have happened. But so let's. So on a lighter note, right? Like, so I mean, it was funny because just the other day I was having a conversation with somebody about a TV show, and it drives me crazy. Like when you have these TV shows where there's just this this perpetual heartbreak, right? Like where they have these two the two characters. I mean, and their shows do this all the time. I mean, with Friends, you have Ross and Rachel, and like. 10 seasons worth of like, oh, are they going to get together or are they not going to get together? You know, you have NCIS with, with you know, and, and for all those of you that are listening and are watching, you're like, I have no idea what any of these shows are. Uh, sorry, just just bear with me. Right, in, in NCIS, you're like, are Tony and Ziva ever going to like get together? Because they're clearly like supposed to be together. And, and you just have this perpetual heartbreak. Uh, and that drives me crazy. <laughs> like, are you are you like a, a romantic kind of guy to where like you hate heartbreak in movies? I mean, all the, you you don't really strike me as a romantic comedy kind of guy. I am uh, definitely. <laughs> you can ask your, my wife. Your, I don't think I'm very movies. romantic at all. I don't like any watching anything that has got romance. I roll my eyes at like these oh soapy sappy heartbreak drama things. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, like like no offense if you watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. That is the most, to me, in my opinion, the most <laughs> sappy, uh, perhaps ungodly thing that we have. One of the most ungodly things we have, in my opinion, on television is this fake drama stuff that we watch and heartbreak after heartbreak. It's like, oh, which my can goodness. You, which like, can you go? Okay, on, on something like that, like, can you really call it heartbreak? Because they're like, oh, like, I feel such I a deep know. connection. We're like, you've known him for three days, bro. <laughs> like, like, how deep of a connection are, are you really feeling? Oh, yeah. boy. I'm definitely not a heartbreak. I don't like that kind of stuff. It's not that because I don't like my heart broken, but it's just like I got enough aching in my life. I don't need to continue to watch it in TV shows or movies and stuff. Like, why do I need more drama in my life? Okay, so let, let's, get, let's get real here for a moment. If, and this is, this is not scripted, so you can just tell me to shut up if you want. Uh, <laughs> have you ever had a time in your life, not, again, not, not from a spiritual standpoint, but from like a general standpoint have you ever had a time in your life where you feel like you have been heartbroken that you're willing to share on a podcast well, you mean like potentially death? i mean death brings heartbreak well just heart i mean i mean you th- i mean you it could be i mean death could be something uh i mean you see this play out sometimes in relationships you know yeah guy, girl, i mean you know, like so if you're referring to like a, a girlfriend boyfriend dating thing nah like i didn't ever cry myself to sleep over a relationship. No. 
Like, no, I haven't. But has things in my life come up that has broken my heart where there's pain and agony and discomfort? Yes. And that's why I think this is a dangerous prayer because it brings pain, agony, and discomfort into your life. Right, And that was not a pleasant experience for no, you. No, <laughs> it's not. Uh, but you learn, you grow, and you see how God uses you. And it's awesome. So it, it's awesome. Hold on. I got to unpack. It's okay. awesome. It's awesome to be used by God. But sometimes we don't like the process that he chooses in the using. And that can be difficult, but when you get through the process and you're out and you're purified on the other side of it, that's what's awesome and beautiful. All right. So, so talk a little bit about that process. All right. So we say, Hey, Lord, break my heart. Like, what does that look like? You know, I mean, I mean, you know, for, for you and your life, like if you pray that, Hey, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Uh, like, what does that look like in real life for you? Yeah, for me. So personally for me, um, <clears throat> So I, I think I have two I have two areas that is you know when 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 our heart aligns and breaks for what breaks after God's heart it, it's a beautiful thing I think being disturbed there's something beautiful about being disturbed um, okay that sounds that sounds weird <laughs> it does but what you realize in the disturbance of your heart is that your heart is aligning with God and that's what's beautiful and so. For me, you know, one of the things that I absolutely keeps me up at night is a lot is is um, you are just now starting the timer. <laughs> no, yeah, I know, I oh, forgot. Okay. I, we've been going for a couple of minutes. All right. Mm. Uh, one of the things that keeps me up at night and has broken my heart in just real life is lost people knowing that heaven and hell are realities and there are people going to hell. That is aligning my heart with my heavenly Father's heart. We know that breaks God's heart. Um, and so that keeps me, that drives me every single day. I think it's one of the reasons why I got into ministry. It's one of the reasons where, why I love celebrating salvations when people are coming from the dark into the light, if you will, and experiencing who, who God is and entering the family of God. There is something that's so beautiful. But for me personally, it's, it's lost people, lost people. I have a, I have a deep heavy burden for those that are lost, those that are walking around um, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, even in our workplaces, even shopping at a grocery store that don't know Jesus, have no hope in life, are stuck in vicious cycles. Um, I ache for them. And, and, and I do want to, I do want to clarify, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but if you haven't listened to earlier episodes, uh, we just want to catch you up. And you, know, you hit on it just now, Ryan, but when we say lost people, that is simply a term referring to people who are not in a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. It doesn't mean that you're sitting there depressed and with, with you know, no, so, no sort of happiness in your life. But when we talk about lost, we're talking about people that have not entered into a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So No, it's good. Here's, here's another thing that absolutely breaks my heart. Um, and I think it breaks God's heart. is seeing followers of Jesus stay stagnant in their faith and not using their spiritual gifts in the way that God has given them, and being influenced way too much by culture and not by his word. That aches. Mm. It aches that there are believers, um, followers of Jesus, that have sat in churches in this world for 40 years and haven't moved an inch spiritually. I ache. Um, because there is so much more 
there's so much more, so much more richness and deepness walking with Jesus than what I think, what I would say the average follower of Jesus may be experiencing. Because I think there, there can be spiritual apathy, and I ache for spiritual apathy, that it exists within churches in the world, and it, I ache for that. I want everyone to, every day, I want every follower of Jesus to wake up and say, Lord, this is yours, God first, grow me into the image of Jesus today. What's one way? That we should always be growing and moving. Well, and you, so you use that word stagnant. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you remember this. I remember uh, it was actually within the first six months of you being here at Radiant Life. Right? We, did a, we did a series on what, at that point, we, we kind of considered our, our core values as a church. And one of those was growing people change. You actually, you had an image of like some nasty stagnant water. I mean, yeah, like that's that's nasty, but that's where a lot of a lot of church people, unfortunately, even a lot of a lot of followers of Jesus, a lot of church people, that that's them. You know, there's there's no life there. There's there's no movement, and you challenged everybody. Say, hey, like if if your life isn't different uh, a week or a month or a year from now, uh, then something's wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Here's a, here's another analogy to that. Um, I'm going to take you into Israel. You go into Israel. There's two, uh, there's three large bodies of water. You have the Mediterranean Sea to the west of Israel, right there on the coast. Um, and then within Israel, inland, you have the Sea of Galilee, which then um, runs in, or floods or run, runs into the Jordan River. And then the Jordan River goes into another large body of water, the Dead Sea. What's interesting is that the Sea of Galilee, which is a lake, fresh water, it's beautiful, um, that receives, because there is a trickle, um, a stream above it to the north, that receives, but it's giving. And that has life. There's fish in there. You get the best tilapia you can ever eat in the <laughs> Sea of Galilee. It's awesome there. Um, it's like a beautiful oasis in the Sea of Galilee. Hmm. But the Sea of Galilee is giving through the Jordan River. There's life. It's awesome follow the Jordan River down into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea for a reason. Nothing can live it's in dead. it. It's dead. <laughs> but what does the Dead Sea do? It only receives. It doesn't give out. So it's only receiving from the Jordan. It does not give out anywhere. And it, everything is dead. That aches in my life because I can see that a lot of followers of Jesus, you can either be the Sea of Galilee or the Dead Sea. You either receive and give, or you just receive, and there is no giving. And that, you look at the Bible, that is the wrong picture of who Jesus is. Everyone, I've just, even as a kid, you probably memorized if you're in church, John 3 16, for God so loved that he gave. It's the epitome of who our Heavenly Father is, is giving. And we have too many, the thing that breaks my heart is too many Christians that just receive. And never give. And I don't mean money. I don't, I don't mean that. But what I mean by giving is using the gifts that God has given you to change the world and change people around you. And all you are is consumed for me, me, me. And you're fine coming into church and uh, the building and just sitting, hearing worship music, hearing a message, and you're gone. And you never activate your spiritual gifts to serve other people, to bless other people. 
that breaks my heart, and I know it breaks God's heart. Right. I mean, because you see, you see the scripture, and actually, you said no, you're not talking about money. But I, th- I think money actually does come into the picture sometimes, right? Absolutely. With, with Absolutely. anything that Absolutely. we have, right? And we've talked about time, talent, treasure, touch. You know, these different resources that God has blessed us with. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, if we only ever take, and we and there's never a, a pouring out. Uh, we're missing it. Yeah, you know, you see in Scripture where you know God, God pours out. You look at Pentecost, right? God, God gives the Holy Spirit, and and I mean, there. If if you took some of our modern day church people, right, and and you put them at Pentecost, the way they live their lives now, they'd be like, oh, hey, this is cool. Sound of a rushing wind, tongues of fire. Right. Let's well, go watch the game. <laughs> what happened? Right. Why did the Holy Spirit have to come on them? Because they went and started saving a bunch of people. They got 3,000 people saved. Like, so the Holy Spirit came so they could go and activate and do something, and which Jesus, was to usher God's kingdom in. And Jesus told them that's what would happen. Yes. Acts 1.8. He says, hey, my Holy Spirit's going to come on you in power, and, like, and you're going to be but, my witnesses. So and, it was for Judea them, Gal- but yeah. it's for others as well. Yes. And the problem with uh, Christians in today's world, too many of us just think it's for me, and we're there. No, it breaks my heart. It breaks God. And I want to help people get there and wake them up. And that's why break my heart is so dangerous. The pain, the agony, dis- discomfort. But I tell you, it will give you purpose in life. So you, talk, you talked about lost people, you know, people that haven't come into a relationship with God. And we know that breaks the heart of God, right? He, he says, um, man, is it in First Peter? Somewhere, you know, he talks about how like it, he wants everybody to be saved. Right, I mean, I think right. it's Peter who talks about him. He's slow to act. He wants everybody to come into a relationship with him. So when you have people that choose not to, when you have people that reject, you know, his his offer of salvation, his offer of of restoration, uh, I think that breaks the heart of God. You t- you hit on that one. Uh, you know, you talked about. Uh, oh, that's funny. You pulled it up. I was actually looking for that book on my shelf today. <laughs> um, sorry. Side note. I saw his screen and. Uh, yeah, whatever. He'll probably get into it in a minute here. Uh, you talked about so lost people, but also people who are uh, who claim the name of Jesus, but are are apathetic. Or one of the terms that we sometimes use is consumer Christians, right? Yeah, they're they're just there. They go yeah. to the spiritual buffet and they just eat and eat and eat, and then they go home and and yep. they pass out on the couch. Yep. Uh, what are some other things that you you really that you feel or in that we see in Scripture? Uh, that breaks the heart of God. Well, I mean, anything that, any oppression, anything that absolutely is the opposite of creation, in Genesis 1 through 3, just look look at that account. Anything that is um, the opposite of the creation account, break God's heart. So we talked about it in a podcast, a, a couple podcasts ago, of like the four relationships that were broken in the fall. Um the fall of humanity, the fall of man, when sin entered and death was linked to sin, uh, the four broken relationships is is with ourselves. We have a broken relationship with ourselves. Number two, we have a broken relationship with God. You see it being played out, and you see all this being played out in Adam and Eve. You see you have a broken relationship um, between humanity with each other, right? I mean, that's where the blame game came, Adam and Eve. Well, you did this, you know. And then we have a broken relationship with creation. Right, we're, we're, so read Genesis one through three. Those four broken. So anything that you see in this world that is that complete brokenness of those four relationships will break God's heart. So, so other things that can break people's heart is I mean, look at look at human trafficking. Look at look at um, that that is running rampant. And I, I, there was a great article that I was just I, I didn't read it. Click on it, um, but I was going to, and it was talking about. Um, 
that it's ha- the, the title was really catchy. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but that's why I looked at it. But the idea was it's happening right underneath our nose and we don't even know it or are unaware of it. Like this whole sex trafficking thing breaks God's heart. Um, racial inj- injustice that, hey, um, racism exists in this world to some degree. It, it's there. Uh, but we know Jesus died for every skin color in God's kingdom when we get to heaven. We'll have every nation, every tribe in, in the God's kingdom. So racial injustices break the heart of God. Um, any bondage, because <laughs> Jesus came to set the prisoner free. So any bondage that we see, whether I'm, I, I can, you can go from the, the hardest addiction of drug to pornography to alcohol to gambling to financial bondage there where we're just blowing money and we're a slave to the lender. And that breaks God's heart. Um, and one thing that also breaks my heart and it brings God's heart is just the humanity. For me, it's like the unborn, the unborn and, um, the, the whole idea of kids in the foster care system. And that can be a whole nother discussion, but, um, kids needing a home, a family to know that they're loved and not just bounced around from home to home to home and, Man, we need to pray more for the foster care system and just those people who are willing to bring in kids. Um, because my wife and I know some experience there a little bit, two and a half years of having um, a little girl come into our home. and uh, But it wasn't foster care, but it felt like foster care because of an unfortunate situation. But we understand that it changes families. It turns their world upside down. We ought to be praying for them. And that breaks the heart of God when his children, right? We're all his children. He loves every single one of us. But when these kids are just bounced around and there's no stability, there's no foundation, it breaks. And Yeah. Well, I mean, and all of that ties back into those four relationships like you were talking about. Yep. I mean, I mean, why do we why do we need a foster care system? Because we have we have broken relationships in a home. We have I mean, it's a, a huge systemic thing. Uh you hit on the isms. Again, I mean racism, sexism, yep. uh all these different things are 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 indicators of how broken uh, humanity is and that breaks the heart of God because that was not his original design right he said no. hey here here do it this way and they're like nah <laughs> yeah he gave us Don't free wanna. will <laughs> and yeah they chose Adam and Eve chose um, another route and here we are as a result of it but all along God's plan is I'm sending my son Jesus Christ to restore and redeem all things and that's what we're after and so if we're going to really pray, God, break my heart, we're going to have to find a purpose within that to really change our heart and say, man, what is that holy discontent? What is that holy hurt, God, that I have? And don't just stand there and great, great, my heart breaks. Now there's action. Now there's action. Now we have to get into the game and do something about it because our heart is breaking over that. Which, spoiler alert, coming up uh, this Sunday, right, <laughs> you'll actually... You might hear a little bit about that in the in the next dangerous prayer, uh, <laughs> because yeah, it is it it isn't enough to sit there and and have a burden to say, oh man, my heart breaks for these people, and then that's it. I mean, that's that, that's actually right. that sounds miserable, right? Like that's. Not <laughs> I mean, I said it in my message. Comfort never moved someone to action. Comfort never moved someone to action. I have to be broken to a point of where I can't stand this anymore. There's a discomfort there. There's a pain. There's an agony. And I'm moved into action. 
And we, I mean, Ooh, and, and let's, and, now, I mean, man. which, you know, in our culture, especially that one of the reasons these prayers are dangerous is because we live in a culture of comfort, right? We have a, we have a pill for, <laughs> for any possible discomfort you could probably experience. Uh, there's a pill for that, or there's a surgery for that, or there's a, a, and I tell you what, I am the chief of comfort. You're looking at the guy, <laughs> the chief of comfort. I desire comfort. And I've said it before, and you know this, like, I'm not made to live in Af- the country of Africa. I'm not. Um, well, in certain parts of Africa. Africa's certain parts. Africa is a big yeah. place. The one the part that you and I went variants. to, I was not made or shaped to live there. And But uh, but I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You were a, you were a champ, knowing that you weren't wired for that. And you, uh, I, th- I thought you handled it well. So Thank you. I didn't feel like I was, <laughs> but we live in a we live in a culture of comfort. So, uh, and again, heartbreak is not a pleasant uh, experience for us. We try to avoid things like this. Uh, so, yeah, this is why. I mean, at the end of the day, these are, are what we would consider dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, you make a you make a statement because again, we we think of heartbreak as a negative thing, right? We've talked about how man, this is this is miserable. Right? Being heartbroken is miserable. Uh, but you, you make a statement. You say you will be blessed as your heart breaks over something that breaks the heart of God. How is something that we would consider miserable uh, a vehicle for blessing in our life? Uh, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. <laughs> the question or the statement? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the statement is you'll be blessed as your heart breaks over something that breaks the heart of God. How is something that we would consider miserable a vehicle for blessing in our life? Well, like, how, how does yeah, that work? If, if there is something that's absolutely broken in this world that is breaking God's heart, now our, our heart is broken after that as well. And to jump into the mess and the chaos and the brokenness of whatever that is, that issue, that thing, and to see people, though, be redeemed and restored and come out on the other side, that's the blessing. Mm. I'll be honest. It's not fun in the middle of the chaos and the brokenness and walking through it. There, that's, that's, that's the pain and discomfort. That's not fun. And, 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 and the pain and discomfort doesn't stop just when you say, hey, Lord, break my heart. There's pain and discomfort in the being part of the solution. In the doing, people, yes. People are messy. Yes. And in, and yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, welcome to ministry. People are messy, right? But the blessing is seeing that marriage restored that you ached over for that family and you sat there and fought with them and mentored them and counseled them. The blessing is seeing what the fruit on the other side of that drug addict who you met with over and over and received the crack pipes on your desk and to see where they are now. Are they exactly where I want them to be or where God wants? No, but they are way further away from that addiction than what they were. That's the blessing. The blessing of seeing people just get out of that brokenness and not all the time enter into relationship with Jesus. That would be awesome if every time that did. But we know we did that right thing. We came into a hard situation that broke the heart of God. Our heart broke after it too, and we did something about it. And hopefully we, we were the light in their darkness and we showed them a glimpse of who their heavenly father was. That's the blessing. That's uh, the blessing. And we use, I mean, here at Radiant Life, we use the, the term next steps quite a bit, right? I mean, so, so some of the blessing is just seeing people take, whether that next step is, 
coming into a relationship with Jesus, whether the next step is uh, dropping off crack pipes, whether that next step is, you know, whatever, whatever that next step in their journey is, there's a blessing in seeing people take those steps. Because again, <clears throat> that's growth. That's part of that journey. That's Absolutely. part of the process yep. of, of becoming more and more uh, like Jesus. But you got it, the big thing is when, when you're saying God break me is God's going to reveal that thing. And in and, and the words that I like, you're going to have that holy burden. You're going to have that holy discomfort. You're going to have that holy hurt. You're going to have that holy discontent. Your soul will stir. And then you got to act on that. So so that, that, that leads to a question. I mean, because you do talk about how, you know, it's better to have uh, hurt with a purpose than to exist without one, without one meaning, you know, without a purpose. <clears throat> do you think as we, as we pray this prayer, <clears throat> is it okay or is it normal <clears throat> Man, excuse me, I got a little frog in my throat there. Is it normal to, I mean, because if you look at all the things that break the heart of God, should I expect when I pray that prayer to have my heart break for every single thing that breaks the heart of God? Or do you think God will, he'll maybe key in on, certain things you know you know for you you said hey man i just i have a huge burden for lost people and i have a burden for for apathetic uh consumer christians i mean there's those are two of many things that break the heart of god and it's not that you you're not heartbroken over other things but but would you say for you you know god has kind of narrowed the 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 burden that he's put on you and so now you're 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 better able to deal with a couple of things versus if you look at it and think, man, I have to try to do something about all of these different things that break the heart of God. Will the purpose He gives us, uh, how wide of a scope do you think that is, or or does He kind of key in on one or two things? Yeah, I think I I mean I know my personal experiences. It's a few things, but I, I think it's going to tend to be a few things. I'm not saying it always will be. I mean, we have examples in history. Martin Luther King Jr. Like we know his heart broke after racial oppression and racial injustices. It broke, right? And so, what was his thing? That's what he went after, right? So he that was his lane. That was his holy hurt. There. Uh, here's another example. Mother Teresa, right? Uh, down in Calcutta, teaching geography at St. Mary's High School. And she could not stand, if you will. She had that holy hurt, that holy discontent of the disease and the destitution that was just was all around her. And she had to do something about that in that city, in that area. She I, Obviously, that holy hurt was there for her, and she could have gone to everywhere in the world to do what she needed to do, but she had a holy discontent, a holy hurt in, in that moment for those people in that time, in that city, and she did something about it. So, I, I, I mean, yeah, it could be very broad, but I think, I think there's going to be something that, that God's really going to reveal that, like, this is, this is that one or two things that I'm going to go after. Right. I mean, really hardcore, because I do, I do want to be careful, right? Because maybe you're listening, you're like, oh, hey, like... Uh, you know, I mean, because to, on on some level, everything that breaks the heart of God should break our heart. Absolutely. Right? Maybe you're Absolutely. out there and you're like, yeah, I don't really have a burden about racism. Yeah, must not be a big deal. No, it's a big deal. And right. it breaks the heart of God. Right now, maybe that isn't the thing that God says, this is where I want you to step in and, and devote a boatload of time and attention. Right? But I mean, it's, it still breaks the heart of God and therefore should be something that breaks your heart. Yeah. You don't get a free pass and say, oh, well, I guess it's not that big of a deal yep. uh, just because you don't have that weight. But then whatever God does give you that weight for, man, you better chase that down. 
And I think I think Pastor Andy Stanley said it. I think this is his quote: "Do for the one which you wish you could do for the many." Like, yeah, your heart's going to break for the many and all of this and that, but what can I do for that one? What can I do for maybe this one thing of I can't stand human oppression, but the one lane I'm going to stay in right now is I'm going to focus on sex trafficking. How can I do that instead of uh, over here and doing um, child slavery? I, that breaks my heart too, the whole oppression, but I'm going to I'm going to do my best what I can do with the sex trafficking. Like that's the lane. That's the one. Do for the one that you wish you could do for the many. And, and I think a lot of that too, it, it involves spending time with God to say, hey, what, yeah. Lord, what lane do you want me to be in? Because right? again, I think it's overwhelming. If we look at all of the different things in the world that are broken, that are messed up, right. that, <laughs> that need restoration, uh, it's, it's simply overwhelming. Um, and, and you might look and say, oh, well, uh, maybe this is cool, or maybe this is cool. If we give him space, I think the Holy Spirit will guide us into the lane that we're supposed to be in. And then, and then when you get there, thank God that you got there. Thank God that, thank him that he broke your heart that moved you to align with his purposes and what breaks his. Because it's easier not to care. It's easier to try to stay in a lane of play it safe and please don't bother me, don't disturb me. But as I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's something beautiful about being disturbed. And how cool is it though that, that you know, when we let ourselves be disturbed, when we let ourselves be uncomfortable, God lets us be part of what he is doing to restore the world. Yeah. I mean, how, how freaking cool is that? Like that's, it's, I think that's one of the big, is the biggest blessing that we have as humanity here on earth. Oh, that's good. Being a part of God's plan to redeem and restore everything that's lost, hurting and broken. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, Hey, we want to challenge you guys take some time. And this was the, this was the challenge in the message. Uh, I don't know if you're listening or watching to this uh, right with the message, but if, if not, or even if you did, I want to challenge you to pray this prayer. Spend time praying, Lord, break my heart. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And then when he starts to break your heart, do something about it. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Uh, there's a, so we use this. We've done, uh, we call them huddles, right? But we also use this question, like, what's the Lord saying to me? And then the second part is equally important. What am I going to do about it? Yep. What am I going to do about it? So don't don't just uh, sit there and look at all the problems. Be willing to step up and be part of the solution. So, all right. Anything else you want to add on that uh, there, Pastor Ryan? It's a dangerous prayer, but it's, I would almost say it's a very beautiful prayer. There you go. Dangerous, but beautiful. Like a, no, I got nothing. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna try to use an analogy, but then if it'd be like last episode or a couple episodes ago, I'd use an analogy, and you'd be like, "Dude, that analogy sucks." It's a rose bush. That's right. It's got the thorns. See, it's I was actually, but it's beautiful. I was gonna go like a slightly different direction. I was going with like like a cobra, like a snake. Like there's there's like something majestic. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people don't like steaks, though. Yeah, I do, but a lot of people don't. I know. Rose but bush. I mean, but there's something you can't like look at one and be like, oh, that's just. That's stupid. I mean, they're they're pretty cool looking, but, but stay away. But don't don't go hang out with cobras. Pray it, pray it. Break my heart. Break losing, my heart. That's right. I'm I'm getting us off the off the track here. <laughs> well, hey, thank you for joining us for episode 26 of Radiant Reflections Podcast, Radiant Life Church. I want to encourage you to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all of those good things that uh, really kind of help get this and uh, what we're doing out to a wider audience. If this is a blessing to you, again, go ahead.
share it on your social media page. Uh, send it to all your friends. We love that. But uh, we have a blast doing this. We hope this is a blessing to you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.